0: Back to another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the uh, Guardians are uh, getting their ducks in a row. I think today is the the first official workout for pitchers and catchers uh, in Arizona. So uh, we're getting closer to, to sending you out there and getting the lay of the land and a feel for what's going on. Uh, anything that we've we've heard from or, or seen in uh, just you know pictures posted or video that. Uh, either surprises you or or that you're you're anticipating uh seeing when you get out there
1: no joe just uh you know spring training is spring training um you know they haven't uh they haven't found a new way to do it yet in like <laughs> what a hundred years so i'm sure babe ruth was uh throwing you know loosening it up just like uh just like uh shane Bieber's loosening up today or playing catch today
0: yeah, but Shane Bieber's not smoking a, a cigar <laughs> yeah. and, and washing it down with a pint of vodka afterwards. So <laughs> I, I think right. I think things have changed a little bit in a hundred years, Lindsay. I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just me, but uh, some of these guys take it a little more seriously, I think, than uh, uh, the guys back then. But uh, we do uh, we do. Uh, speaking of taking things seriously uh we got a, a press release from Major League Baseball Network yesterday and it's a heads up uh that i think a lot of, of Cleveland baseball fans are going to wanna want to have this uh you know want to know about this uh either either because they're genuinely curious or because they want to avoid seeing it at all costs uh the uh Major League Baseball Network Studio 42 it's a uh, a, a really nice uh, studio over there in in, in New Jersey where uh, they film all of their their broadcast stuff. Uh, Bob Costas and Tom Verducci sat down with Terry Francona and Joe Madden uh, recently, and they the the two of them watched for the first time together. Uh sort of like one of those uh you know video tracks on a DVD where you you get the behind-the-scenes stuff. They watched game seven of the twenty sixteen World Series. And it was the first time that that Tito had really sat down and, and watched at, at length uh and discussed uh big portions of that game and strategies and what's going on and that kind of thing. And I think it's it's gonna be a fascinating look into a night that really historically, if you put it in perspective. Became one of the greatest games in baseball history, but you know, for Cleveland fans, it's still one that uh, you know, seven and a half years later, it still stings. Uh, so here's your heads up, here's your warning. Uh, if you if you want to avoid watching it, it's mm-hmm. Thursday night uh, next a week from uh, tonight uh, on Major League Baseball Network, MLB Network at 8 p.m. Uh, the the special rewatching of 2016 uh, Game Seven. What do you think? Uh, so, uh, you know, some of the things that could come out of that uh, that special presentation uh, with with Tito and Joe Madden.
1: Hey, Joe, my question is, why why does a Cleveland manager already always have to go through this? You know, <laughs> they did the same thing with with Game Seven uh, with uh, Hargrove and Leland. I I don't know if it was or if it was like an in depth uh, you know story by Sports Illustrated, but they you know or or this was you know filmed, but. You know, it's the same kind of thing. You know, what happens, strategy, and in the end, the result is the same. Cleveland yeah, it, loses in extra innings. Heartbreak, tears, and you just can't get over it. I, I will not be watching, Joe. It,
0: it, it all ends with Hoynzy cursing and smashing his uh, his <laughs> laptop in the uh, in the press box. But uh, no, I I remember that night, and I remember being there in the ballpark, and I remember the the moment that Raja Davis hit that home run. And and the the way that the ballpark shook and swayed and and my immediate reaction. And you have to sort of be kind of kind of muted in the uh, in the press box uh because you're not allowed to cheer. But, uh, you know, I, I sort of reached out and grabbed the closest person next to me. I grabbed his hand and I was like, oh, you know, this is that was a significant moment. And then then I realized, oh, oh, geez, I've got to start writing something to, to post it immediately <laughs> because everybody's going to want to see a repeat of that highlight. So, uh yeah, I. I just I think getting Tito's perspective on, you know, why he made the decisions he made and and sort of playing the hand that he was dealt in that situation. I think it'll be interesting to to see maybe there's something we haven't heard or haven't written about uh, from that night that will come out and will will kind of surprise us. So uh, it's a it can't be an entirely bad thing. Quincy.
1: No, it can't. Uh, you know, uh, some of the decisions, uh, you know, Brian Shaw coming back out after the rain delay. Um, you know, Michael Martinez being inserted in left field, uh, for Coco Crisp and, and, and you know, in, as a defensive replacement, uh, you know, the, um, that, you know, uh, hipness and Santana scoring on the, uh, both scoring on the wild pitch, right. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. You know, you know, that, that was a crazy play. That was a good play. Uh, and, um uh, you know, um, <laughs> Andrew Miller giving up a home run to, uh, who, who's the Cubs catching? David, David Yeah,
0: Ross. David
1: Ross. That was a heartbreaker right there. I did yeah. not I did not see that coming. Uh cool. you know, just uh and then even in in the uh what they lose it in the eleventh or the tenth? Tenth, tenth. The tenth. And even in the bottom of the tenth, Davis, Rajad Davis drives in another run to make it eight seven. You know, it mm-hmm. just uh it was a great game, but <laughs> the ending uh, you know, <laughs> history remains forget, never, the same. They yeah. still haven't won a world series since 1948.
0: Yeah. 75 years going on, uh, going on 76 right now. Uh, uh, hey, uh, want to remind our listeners, you know, if you get a chance, uh, sign up for, for guardian subtext. We're having a great time texting our subscribers. there uh ahead of spring training. They've got some great questions for us. Uh, some, a lot of things that they want us to look into when we get out there to, uh, to Arizona. And, uh, I'll tell you, it's a lot of fun texting back and forth with these uh, these subscribers. Two one six two zero eight four three four six to subscribe. Send a text message there, or go to cleveland.com/slash-subtext. It's three ninety nine a month to subscribe. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, hey, speaking of competition uh, out there, uh, next uh, this upcoming Tuesday, actually, um, the uh, uh, the Guardians are going to be eight of the Guardians players, uh, led by Stephen Kwan and Tristan McKenzie are going to be competing in a round-robin chess tournament. Uh, Ever since Quan sort of came on the scene with this Guardians Club, uh, chess has been a big part of the clubhouse. And, you know, there's always a chess board. There's always a a game going on pregame or during a rain delay or whatever. Um, These guys really have sort of taken to the game, taken to the strategy. And and it's, uh, you know, sort of been led by Quan. He's the the founder of the Guardians Chess Club. And uh, Chess.com has partnered with them. Uh, it's going to be a charity tournament, uh, eight players, and they're going to uh, distribute ten thousand dollars in in prize money to the the top three winners, their uh, their charities of choice. So, uh, kind of a, a really good uh, connection to the community. And you know, we know the Guardians have a, a connection to John Marshall's nationally ranked chess team, uh, and, and and you know, their opportunities for the kids to play with the players uh, on on several occasions. Uh, so when you're out there, Hoinsie, maybe you sit down at the chessboard and match wits with, uh, uh, Stephen Kwan or is, uh, or is Will Brennan, who's also in the tournament, is he more your, uh, more your speed, right? Joe, I, I couldn't tell a pawn from a, kin, a king on a chessboard. So I'm staying away from that. I'm, I'm definitely, uh, out of my element. You, you're more, you're more a checkers guy than a chess guy. I'm barely able to play checkers. <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh, another thing to keep an eye on and we'll uh we'll see who gets crowned uh guardians chess champ uh on tuesday coming up so uh keep an eye on that all right uh hoinsey what we wanted to dive into today we've uh we've dissected the starting rotation uh we've dissected the uh the bullpen uh now we're going to take a look at the infield and uh, let's start off at the easiest spot. Let's start off at the the number one lockdown. Don't have to worry about it since uh, 2016, 2017. Uh, Mr. Consistency, Mr. MVP. Uh, third base is spoken for, and we don't have to worry about that uh, with Jose Ramirez, obviously. But uh, who do you think gets, if there are minutes as a backup, if there are innings uh, to, to be logged as a backup or the guy that, that gives Jose that, uh, that day off his feet when he can DH, uh, who's the, the number one candidate there.
1: Yeah. Well, we saw it last year, uh, with Francona, how he used, uh, Tyler Freeman at third. And, uh, you know, with uh, you know, with Ramirez getting a day off at D or DHing, uh, I don't know if that'll be the same. Maybe Dave, uh, Davis and De Los Santos uh, gets a chance if he makes the club as a Rule Five guy, or you know, they go back to a Tyler Freeman playing third base. I know they want to get him more at bats.
0: Yeah, they they like the way that Tyler Freeman, uh, you know, puts the bat on the ball. Put it doesn't strike out a lot. Uh, you know and 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 really they're they're looking to see a little bit more growth in his his power production his run production uh but if they give him more opportunities they give him more at bats i i think they need to do that before they uh they make a decision on you know what his future is with this club
1: yeah no doubt about it and um you know he he makes contact. He you know he still you know even in limited playing time last year, uh, he had th- uh, 242. You know four home runs, 18 RBIs. You know the production numbers aren't great, but he puts the bat to the ball. He plays solid defense. Um, and, you know, another guy we saw over there for a little bit was uh, Rokio, Joe. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure if, uh, if you know, if he doesn't make the ball club, would they want him to keep playing every day at Columbus? But that's another, uh, you know, another name to uh, throw into the hopper.
0: And we've seen, uh, you know, David Fry, uh, you know, basically log innings all over the diamond. Uh, is, is third base an option for if they, you know, if they need to have an all right-handed lineup? uh and, and put David Fry in there uh or you know do, do you think he goes elsewhere or uh, somewhere you know as a as a backup too
1: yeah definitely uh you know he's a right-handed hitter uh, really got a chance to, uh, you know, kind of carve out a spot in the roster for himself last year. He can play all around the diamond, like you said. Uh, you know, that's a right-handed hitter, definitely uh, a guy, you know, that des- deserves some consideration. I was wondering if uh, if uh, Juan Brito makes a ball club, he might get a shot there, but he's more of a middle infielder than a third baseman.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, David Fry strikes me as the kind of guy who, uh, you know, Stephen Vogt could kind of, kind of pull for, or you know, see a little bit of himself in a guy like David Fry. So, you know, maybe there's a, a, a connection there, and and we've just got to see how how he deploys this, uh, you know, these guys in the first couple of weeks of spring training, and and sees where these guys get their first uh, sort of crack at at getting into the lineup. Uh, the other sort of lockdown, uh, no questions asked, spoken for position. On the infield is obviously second base, where you've got the two-time Gold Glove uh, winner Andres Jimenez, Platinum Glove winner, best defender in the American League. Uh, would moving Andres Jimenez at some point this season uh, off of second base weaken this defense in any way? Or, or, or you know, uh, there's there's a lot to be a lot to be said for consistency, and you've got a, a bunch of turnover and change on the infield, uh, in, on the coaching staff with the infield. Uh, there with Mike Sarbaugh being gone, uh, is is having you know your corner on the left side and your your keystone in the middle, uh, you know is having those consistent spots, uh, you know something that the the Guardians can rely on defensively this year.
1: Yeah, I think stability is a key, Joe. I think you want those guys to, uh, can, you know, you want Ramirez at third, you want Jimenez at second base. I mean, Jimenez is a two-time uh, gold glove winner, like you said, at second base. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, offensively, kind of, you know, had a, a bit of a dip last season, but this is still one of your best hitters as well. So we, we don't know how the move back to shortstop, which, you know, is is his natural position, would affect him. So, you know, I, you know I'm in favor of opening the season with Jimenez at second base, and uh, depending how the season goes. If you really want to uh, push a guy, uh, if there's a hot, you know, hot hitting middle infielder, or if uh, Brito does well at AAA, if Angel Martinez is doing well at AAA, uh, and, and you really are forced to make a move, okay, then maybe make a move and you move uh, uh, Jimenez a second. I mean, the shortstop. But you know, unless your hand is forced, I don't think there's a reason to, to do that right now.
0: Right, and and we've said on this podcast in the past, you know, you don't give Andres Jimenez the the money that you gave him, the the contract that you gave him, and you know, think that the possibility of a move to shortstop is completely out of the question. Eventually, at some point, so you know, that's always got to be in their minds. But uh, we're you're, you're going to be entering this season with Jimenez at second base, then you're going to have uh, less experienced shortstop. You're going to have somebody who's uh, you know, not, a, a guy that's, you know, done it for a long time. If you go with Rokio, you've, you've got a, you know, pretty much a straight up rookie. Uh, Gabriel Arias has one year of, uh, you know, service time under his belt. But again, uh, this is a guy who hit 083 against left-handers. Uh, I, I don't know how, uh, you know, that, that position is going to work out, but, it's going to be an upgrade it, it it can't be much worse uh you know consistency wise than than Ahmed Rosario was uh over the last couple of years
1: yeah you know I think you know you get better defense with areas or Rocchio at, at shortstop what what you don't get is the offense that uh Rosario gave you mm-hmm. not so much last year but in 2021 and 2022 wow. I mean he was a table setter and he you know he set up uh, jose ramirez i mean he had speed on the bases he was aggressive we haven't seen that out of a, a an indian a, a cleveland shortstop for a long time you know since since he was traded
0: right and uh you know that it seems like that's the primary battle there at shortstop is uh arias and rochio uh, you mentioned angel martinez uh jose Tena is also uh, in camp uh juan Brito, like you said uh, not really a, a natural shortstop. Uh, you know, Tyler Freeman could, uh, you know, log innings there at some point as, as well. Uh, but but really, it's going to come down to Rokio and Arias at this point, right?
1: Yeah, I would think so, Joe. I mean, you know, that's what it seems like to me. Um, you know but who knows I mean uh, unless you know they really have their mind set on on making Andres uh, you know moving uh, Jimenez to uh, shortstop and if they do that I you know I I would hope they do that right out of right out of the gate you know give Mm -hmm. him a chance to get adapted to shortstop from day one of spring training but I you know all indication is they're not going to do that they want to keep him at second base for the time being
0: moving over to first base uh, Josh Naylor appears to be the uh, you know, the favorite to be the the starting opening day, you know, everyday first baseman. Uh, it, really, it, they're they're not very deep behind him at that spot. What, uh, how do you see that shaking out in terms of? I mean, Naylor can't play 162 uh, at 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 first base, or or at least you don't want Naylor playing 162 at first base. Uh, how do you see them going in the direction of, you know, a, a platoon with the DH or or something? uh to to get him off his feet a little bit.
1: Yeah, I would think uh, you know, it opens the door to uh, you know, some uh some different kind of combinations of players. You know, Josh Bell isn't here, so uh, you know, you you have to find another another hitter to pair uh pair with uh to Josh Naylor. You know, uh, Kyle Manzardo jumps to mind. You know, he's a guy that that's in camp as a, as an invitee. He would certainly I think get some chance, you know, get a get a look there um you know, uh, De Los Santos is a corner guy, a third baseman and a first baseman. Um, you know, then there's some guys, uh, Micah Priest uh who had a you know who had a big camp last season in 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 the big league portion of spring training you know he went down to triple a and uh you know hit 14 home runs for Columbus so maybe that's a guy that that they get a look at and you know I'm I'm not sure John Kenzie Noel Joe is he a first baseman is he a dh he he looks like a dh to me you know it, maybe he he will,
0: they they played it, him in the outfield too so yeah know, like, so it's,
1: so, and this is a guy that hit 27 home runs at Columbus. So, you know, the, uh, that's another guy that to give some consideration to.
0: John Kenzie Noel would have to have a huge uh, Major League camp if uh, if he's going to win a spot on the roster as a, uh, a DH candidate and, uh, you know, right-handed bat to to sort of uh, spell Josh Naylor. And, and who knows what you're going to get defensively out of him there. Uh, David Fry, like we mentioned before, yeah. can also play at first base. Uh, you know he's a right-handed bat, and he's maybe a little more uh, seasoned and sort of uh, in a position to to be that backup guy. I think in in a in a platoon sort of role, uh, maybe with Naylor. But you don't platoon Naylor. I mean, Naylor hits lefties now, so yeah. Uh, but you've also got to consider uh, the other Naylor effect in this. You know, you don't want Bo Naylor catching 150 games or, or something like that. Uh, you want to you want to maybe DH him uh, every so often if you can. Uh, so, uh, you know, maybe Bo Nailer, uh mixes in as a, a DH there and, and, you know, helps guys out with, with uh, some combination of David Fry and Josh at first base.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, and I think, you know, without, you know, a, an everyday DH like they had last year in Bell, you can really rotate a lot of players through that position, you know. I I would think uh, Freeman would get some you know get a look there as well. I know, you know, uh um they were talking about, you know, giving him giving him some extra at-bats and maybe he they could that, that could be an opportunity to get him
0: in the lineup. Yeah, and, and Freeman could also maybe work into the outfield as they've been um Working Angel Martinez like that into the outfield as well. Uh, God, Hoinzee, I'm scrolling through this, uh, this depth chart here and I'm looking at the, they've got the birth dates listed. And Davison and De Los Santos is June 21st of 2003. How old am I? Good, good <laughs> <laughs> gracious. He was born in 2003 oh <laughs> this is hey, joe it, if you feel old i feel ancient, yeah man. I, I know we, we, I, I know i i get it hoinsey but seriously though I'm, I'm starting to feel really old that's uh that's, that's really bad uh speaking of feeling old uh the uh the, the coaching staff not much older than some of these players uh you know for for the infield there uh the guardians brought in kai correa uh he's he's sort of a uh an infield wizard uh, a guru with these drills he's he's all over uh the internet with uh uh tick videos of of his coaching and his his uh, drills that he does uh, uh rugles odour is is there he's going to help uh with the infield and, and coach third base uh so you know what is from a coaching staff perspective uh on, on the infield uh there's it's going to be different you know it's not demarlo hale and, and mike sarbaugh uh hitting them ground balls anymore it's 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 going to be a new look
1: yeah, uh but I don't th- I don't think it'll take much uh to uh, of an adjustment Joe. I mean, uh you know, Korea you know, before he left for the Giants, I think he probably worked with a lot of the young, mm-hmm. you know, the young infielders on this club. You know, with with the guys that have come up through the system. You know, same with O'Dour. You know, he was a, what the uh, the double A manager for the last five years or so at, at Akron. So he's seen just about all these guys. So you know, the relationship is probably already formed.
0: Yeah, and then you've got Sandy Alomar Jr. Uh, over at first base, coaching first base, working with the catchers. You've got what, four former catchers on the coaching staff right now. Uh, it, the catching position uh, is, is going – it's like going to be like a master class for these catchers throughout the year. Uh, plus, you've got Austin Hedges uh, there to, to sort of co- coach up Bo Naylor uh, throughout the season, and I think that's one of the reasons why they brought Hedgie back uh, was to sort of be that mentor and be that guiding force for uh, uh, for Bo. If, if, if Bo can – can steal some strikes the way that that Hedgie is is able to do uh you know that's a that's a good thing for this pitching staff
1: Oh, for sure. And uh, Hedges, you know, was just, you know, a great guy to cl- have on a club. I think they missed him last year. I think Antonetti said that. Even Hedges admitted that if they had, you know, maybe they could have found a, you know, a, uh, you know, some middle ground to uh, work out a deal and uh, come back. But Hedges, you know, it worked out all right for Austin because he he got, he got to he got a World Series ring with Texas, so that's always a positive, and he'll bring that experience back to the clubhouse, and that can only help this team
0: yeah bringing shirtless Hedgie back to the clubhouse is always a a, a great thing so all right that's going to wrap up our look at the uh, the Guardians infield ahead of spring training Uh, some of the possibilities and and, and, you know where we see uh, some of these guys playing Uh, and if I if I had to if if I had to put you on the spot right now go around the diamond and tell me who's the starting infield and catcher on opening day Uh, what's what's the lineup look like
1: Okay, uh, yeah, I'll say uh, Josh Naylor at first, uh, uh, Andres Jimenez at 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 second, uh, Gabriel Arias at short, Jose Ramirez at third, Bo Naylor behind the plate.
0: And and what you know, uh, Bieber on the mound, I guess would, would, yeah, be, the other, would, would be, be the other would be the other Bieber,
1: yeah. yeah, Bieber,
0: Bieber or Bybee, Bieber
1: slash Bybee. But I would think if Bieber is is healthy, he'll he'll make his what fifth consecutive opening day start for Cleveland.
0: All right, I'm sticking my neck out there uh, on this infield. Uh, I, I agree with every spot except shortstop. I think Brian Rocchio is going to get the – he's going to win the job. He's just going to come out there and, and be lights out, and I think uh, Rocchio is going to do it in spring training, win the job, and, and be the uh, guardian sh- uh, starting shortstop from day one. Uh, all right, that's going to wrap up our uh, podcast for today. Hoinsie, we'll uh, we'll check in with you one more before uh, you, you head out to uh, Arizona. We'll talk to you on Friday. Good deal, Joe.